The Wolf and Bull podcast was prepared, conducted, and hosted by the Wolf and Bull team in their personal capacity. This podcast is for expressive listening entertainment, and any views, ideas, or opinions may or may not extend past the boundaries of this podcast. Conversations or specific comments on behalf of the hosts and guests are for entertainment purposes only. Due to language and potentially offensive topics, listener discretion is advised. You know what you got into. You When we started this podcast, you yeah. know exactly yeah. what you got into. Yes, I did. I'm in the wolf's den. The wolf's lair. The I, bull's field. The, well, the bull has its own separate field. Speaking I'm of bulls, by the meadow, way. Glistening off in the distance, as always. Well, speaking of bulls, by the way, uh, Beowulf and I had a very interesting experience in Fort Worth, Texas. Well, that's right. We Tell went to... Did oh, you, they don't... Now, they don't have... You know, bull fights there, like you go down to Mexico and you've. Oh, uh, I don't think that. so. But this seems like a. Was professional bull riding. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, do they not care about rules down there at all. There are no rules, which rules. is good. There are no rules. Well, let's put it this way I was about uh, two bottles of water, which, to be honest with you, were just Miller lights, um, <laughs> in, that and they had about 15 children all get together. They called them down into the arena. And then had them chase after this small little calf and try and ride the calf. And one children, kid, well, how old were these? Like children? six or seven. And one kid. I mean, this calf was sizable. It's like I'm like eh, six six one, and this calf was probably up to like my my belly, right? And it, it was sizable. And one of these kids got right in front of it, and the thing just bucked him like three feet in the air. And I heard an audible gasp from hey, all the everyone hey, in the room. You mess with the bull, and you get the horn. Well, it was baby. a calf. I, well. Soon to be. Born. You mess with the beef and you <laughs> you get trampled. Um, well, welcome to episode 49. Wow, we are really Ooh, getting episode 50. Two score in nine. Yeah, we're getting we're getting there. I have a, we have a special surprise at episode 50. Um, but this is the Wolf and Bull podcast. Feet first pants off. Feet first pants off. Uh, right. I am the wolf. This is the bull across from me. And yes, uh, we have a special guest. We do have a special yes, guest. Do. I Go right. ahead and introduce a special guest. Well, I can never spell his name. But I can say it, Mr. The Man, The Myth, The Legend, Jack Chigaruga. Say hello, Jack. Hello, everybody. <laughs> this is Jack Chigaruga. Coming to you straight from, well, SoCal by way of one of the sodas. We'll get into that yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Because I think tonight we brought him on specifically because he is a storyteller like no other. Mm. Oh, I'm a yeah, myth that's, teller, that's, yeah. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I think we just hit it key there. It's a myth teller, mm. not a storyteller. Mm. I'm not sure the same if they're one and the same. They're probably but the same. You know what's interesting to me is over time, and we're all of a certain age. We're all of a certain age, and a lot of times the stories you start out as children end up being a lot more embellished as years go by. Do they not? Yeah, now, you're still yeah. a child at heart, aren't oh, you? Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm a little baby boy. You, you are a baby boy. <laughs> Your stories have not been embellished fully. Um, no, you, I think we're getting there. You need to there. learn. You need to learn. Every decade or so, you need to ramp up the story by at least 15 or 
Yeah. And by the time you're my age, the stories are so outlandish, nobody believes you anymore. But that's okay. Well, that's I mean, it makes sense. You you, you think you're a he, you think you're a bull. So I mean, you go around what do you outside I of the I podcast. Am. I am. Well, well, you got to learn how to just you got to spin the tail. That's yeah. right. You just have to know how to talk about that story mm. and whatever it is. That's right. How, yeah. However big the fish is. It got bigger every year. <laughs> hey, That's hey, all that we, we will tell a story shortly. Speaking of fish, I went on a couple of fishing expeditions with Mr. Chigarua, and one of them was one of the most hilarious tales I've ever been on in my life. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll go right into this because you know, we well, were... We were well, 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 before go, we go jump ahead, in, ahead, I haven't even... I haven't, oh, you got to do you the like intro. What's we, the matter? You, yeah. We're, we're, well, it's okay. It's all right. Okay. If you I'm like what down. you hear, audience, uh, <laughs> whatever that, whatever we're listening to, obviously, if you like what you hear, uh, go ahead and give us a five star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and you can also find us on Amazon Music now. Um, I've been saying this more than once. Within this month, we are now going to have our ugly mugs on uh, cameras. So we're doing some big things. Also, if you like podcasts that have to deal with history or anything that is a, a little bit, I don't know, a little bit. Uh, obscure uh go ahead and turn in tune into the uh history out of the box yes, podcast uh hosted by these strange individuals called cam and jen yeah there are other other very uh, good podcast by the way you know, a lot of people are really into history these days talking mm. about telling tales yeah i mean the couple that i've heard from you guys oh, three three so far right? you guys what are you talking about cam and jen are completely different people what those there are co-workers those there those guys those guys yeah, yeah freudian theirs. slip yeah well i've had i get a lot of those but you know <laughs> comes with the tall tails, right? Well, it comes with the bull's tail. Gotcha. Yeah. So, but in any event, what, what, what the hell? See, you've distracted me already. Two minutes into this podcast. Fishing. You're, you're, you're fishing. No, you're no, stealing no, my no. fishing trip. Fishing no, trip. I'm not going to steal it. I'm going to hand it off to you in just a second. But I was just going to go into the hot bee for a second because that is a very, very good podcast. Hmm. People do not understand characters in history. And seeing something, as you put it, out of the box is a good thing. Not seeing something, listening to something out of the box is a good way to go and so i recommend it very highly straight from the bull to you very nice yes now now here i'm going to set the scene though okay so we're in the we're in the south pacific sailing on a massive ship yeah that was pretty big islands off the distance gulls swooping around looking for fish otters whales breaching near the ship it was an (laughs) unbelievable sight to see captain cook off in the distance Shirtless. Yes, exactly. <laughs> shirtless. What if, so you started pantsless and shirtless already. We might have to have a discussion about it. It's a party. Era. Okay. It was definitely a party. But we, we took this ship out of the harbor. And how many people were on it, Jack? I think there were six. Yeah, there wasn't was many. Was it six? That, including us, I think. No. The, no. Um, yeah, captain, mate, the three that were there, us two. Maybe there were a couple more, but no, I think it was six I think or it was seven. A group of, yeah, it yeah. was seven, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But there was five of us that were officially fishing. In other words, we paid to get on yeah, the boat. Exactly. <laughs> we we went on the, the boutique. Mm-hmm. The the it's not the contiki, it was the boutique fishing trip where exactly. they cruise around the island and you get a rod and mm-hmm. if your rod gets hooked up, you're in the chair. Mm-hmm. And that I just remember that kid hooking up to that Marlin and 18 years old and oh, we're dude, sitting you, there. You guys, you guys, you, you had to, you had to picture <laughs> this because I, I'm telling you, number one, hooking into a Marlin. I've never done it. I don't know if you have Jack, but well, I've never hooked into I a Marlin. I haven't either. But I mean, this, these things, those lines go out so far. And when you hook into one of those, 
you think you've caught like the ocean bottom or mm-hmm. something, probably. But they put you when when ja- <coughs> excuse me when Jack says the chair, what they have is they have a throne, a giant chair in the middle of the back end of the boat, covered in blood. Uh, we eventually, <laughs> yes, eventually. But <laughs> so so you, you, they strap you into that thing if the fish is big enough, and you're in that chair until you get that fucking fish in the boat. Hmm. That's what you're in that chair uh, for. Exactly. And that guy, it was just he so had to crazy. Be 18, right? He was a, he was a kid, and he was there with his grandpa and his uncle, and uh, they were all excited. Uh, we're gonna get this thing in, and they was cranking it in, and it was like. Jesus, the kids started getting tired. I was like, what the hell, man? You're 18 years old. I'm I'm 40 years old, man. I'll kick you. If I was 18 years old, I'd kick you out of the chair now. <laughs> Let me in there. I kept bragging on him. Oh, my God. How many? Wolf. They traded this, off three so, times. So Jack Jack is standing over this poor little innocent 18-year-old. <laughs> and, he, and here's the thing. It wasn't like this guy was a 90-pound weakling or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just a... Normal, decent high school kid, probably athletic a little bit or something. It didn't strike me that he couldn't bring that in. It struck me that exactly. he should be able to bring it in. Yeah. And he started wearing down like immediately. Mm. And you could just see he was he was done like how, immediately. How much you want to bet that was like yeah. the first time he's ever gone fishing? He ever. probably hadn't caught a bluegill. Up he's until never, that yeah, point. never he gone fishing. Thing. And, and <laughs> here's here's this here's this guy over the top of. Oh my God! Can you believe? Come on, man! Crank it in! Crank it in! I mean, Jack <laughs> He's was traumatized. All over him. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> disappointed. He's probably telling that story was, right now to people. I'm thinking, oh my God! You know, you just what do you what have you been doing your whole life? You know, you never you, you just don't have. There's nothing there that you can't crank this fish in. You've been on it for five minutes. And all of a sudden, it's like I'm really getting tired, Uncle. And, yeah. Whatever his uncle's name was, and he goes, "You want me to take over?" Yeah. Oh, oh, switch up with me. They did it three times. Which, oh, how was, how was do crazy. they how do they switch up? How is oh, that? How does a, that happen? There's a place to put the rod in okay. to keep it in place. Yeah, they gotcha. just set the yeah. rod in this gimbal thing and they fact, hold on to it, it. That makes it really, I mean, I shouldn't say easy because there's a lot of adrenaline and mm. it takes a lot to pull those fish in. There's no yeah, doubt yeah, yeah. about that. Yeah. But it, but the number one thing it takes is a little freaking willpower. Oh, I mean, big that's, time! That's what, and th- so they put that that in a what is it called a gamble? The gimbal, I mean, a gimbal, gimbal. There's gimbal, that little. Gimbal, it's gimbal. like a little. It looks like a shot glass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a on a swivel. So and it the, it sits in there and it's like come on pull the damn thing in. It's like mm-hmm. holy crap, man! This thing so, is it, it, these guys on uh, what's that damn show? Um, the most dangerous uh, catch. The, well, that no, yeah. no, no uh, the, blue, the big blue fin or whatever. I don't know. They, they catch uh, those huge. Yeah, well, I thought those, it was dangerous catch where those well, guys they, go out and that, like they that catch one's in Alaska. Like, but talk about this, a fucking life, by the way. Like I, I've, I've always thought that if, if if I experienced some major trauma in my life, knock on wood, I would just go and live in Alaska and figure out how to be a lumberjack I, I got a, or a I deep got a sea friend fisherman. of mine from high school. That right out of high school, he decided not to go to college. He drove up to Alaska. He stayed mm. up there for like five or six years, and he was he worked his way up on one of those ships. That's wild. And it's it's the deadliest. Well, they catch. get I they mean, get paid. A, don't they, they get paid, paid a, a shit ton. ton? They get paid a ton of money to do that. Well, that's and like for, a for being up there. Well, that that reminds me. They also spend it all in the local bat bar that night. Maybe I mean maybe they could also. Oh. I mean if they're up there for six months, they could stack up the cash and then dip. I, I I've heard of people doing that where they go, oh yeah, they're going to go up and work on these. Uh, the rigs and all yeah, that the stuff. rigs and get the crab and mm-hmm. pull the tuna and the halibut and blah 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 and it's like 
I don't know. Have you, you ever know? pulled in a big halibut? I have never. I would think that would be harder than I, almost anything. From what I understand, it's basically you hook this thing down in the below and you just crank the thing or up. Or groupers. Well, that looks you just pull it up. Halibut, it's just like a giant it's, carpet. It's a giant uh, slab of carpet. Exactly. exactly. You pull this <laughs> thing up. All the water force against it, you know. And huh. then, you, but you I, know, you leave with 400 pounds of uh, halibut meat geez, and they vacuum God. seal it and you pay 300 to or $500 it. to get it home. And, and then you realize that in the grand scope of things, when it's all done. You could have just went well, down you to the get... local store and bought the shit for half price. <laughs> you, bring, like... you bring all that home, and you're, you're going. You I realize you hate a freezer it. on the way home. <laughs> no, you, every... you bring it all home, and you just realize you really fucking hate halibut. Like right as you're cooking or, it, up. or you're, or you're like, who you wants call fish it, and chips? And yeah, you don't even know what's You cooking. call every friend you know that likes it. Hey man, uh, listen, I got some. Uh, I, I've done it in San Diego. Oh yeah. Go out, yeah. go on the boat. You come back with a. A garbage oh, bag of fillets, and it's like you're calling everybody you know. It's like, hey man, I got these fillets. You want any of this so fish? Nah, my wife doesn't like the smell of it. Blah blah blah. <laughs> uh, nah. You know who he's and, talking about? He's talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> no, my wife. Well, uh, it's the same, same with mine. Thing. She's like, it's I like, don't want any you fish. Can, well, you're too cook much it, fish you, as a kid. I cook it outside on the barbecue. Well, the bovines. Don't cook it in the house. The well, bovine species actually they prefer grass and and cud. So you know, well, and it makes sense. You guys well, want to want that. Should, <laughs> a good tuna steak is. Well, I got. I I don't know if I've ever told you the story of me going out for the first time tuna fishing. Off the coast, of I remember that story. So I was that was, was you went there. down to Mexico to go out. On Not that. on this one. This that that wasn't the first time. I've had some good fishing stories, but the very first time I went out, I was on this half day boat, and there was like forty of us on this boat, which is just a cluster. And I, I never I never forget. I was getting on the boat. My dad was with me, getting on the boat, and everybody has these freaking weight belts with them. I'm like. Oh yeah! Does everybody have a bad back here. What what the hell is that for? What is that thing? So we go out. We go out. We're cruising around. People are catching a few different kinds of things, and suddenly, um, you know, the trolling lines are out there, and, and somebody goes, "Oh, hook up!" Oh, so everybody, somebody grabbed that line and was pulling it in. All of a sudden, I got a hit, and I'm starting to pull it in. I'm like, "Oh my god!" I mean, those tunas—they're like they're like footballs. You know? Yeah, like yeah, big footballs. They're just a solid chunk of muscle, man. And they can move. Mm-hmm. And so it, it wasn't my little lake back in Michigan catching, you know, a walleye or a, a set of bass or something. You know, it, it, it was different. And I was like, oh. And so the first thing you do is you take the pole and you jam it into your, your waist to mm. try to give yourself some leverage. And it was right then that I realized why everybody had those belts. Exactly. <laughs> you know, because they're they're to, yeah, you put it there and it's a whole into your crotch. So, well, I had it, <laughs> I had it on my belt line. I won't go into all the details about. No, that. do tell. Go to the I details. Had, I for temporarily had a much higher voice, but but I I was trying to reel it in. I tried to hold it out to reel it, and it jammed it back in my. And suddenly I realized, like. 10 minutes in over under over under because you have to call out as you're following around the ship Mm. to get over people's lines or under another so you don't get all tangled up exactly and all of a sudden i was like man it's cold out here what is this i look down and my shorts are around my ankles (laughs) i'm running i'm running around this boat with almost tripping over myself with the shorts around my ankles because i got my chonies on and Mm. nothing else very feet nice. First pants off. Yeah, right. Yeah, feet first pants off. And and I said, Dad, Dad, here, you gotta hold this for a minute. He goes, No, son, you could do it, Dad. Or, or 
Bull. He was, so conf- Bull. he was so confused. He, was, he called son, you dad. You <laughs> yeah, son, you can do this, son. And I was like, I know I can do it. You need to hold the freaking pole for a minute. So I had to work through that. Mm. Brought it in, damn it. Ate that fish on the way home. Did they carved it up there? Got a little wasabi. Oh, mm. it was very good. nice. That's awesome. Very good. Very. That good was stuff. that was. Remember, remember, uh, remember, we did that. Uh, we're in. Uh, we got that yeah. wahoo. Oh yeah, last. And time they we cut it up right on the deck. Right there, man. And then they. That was when we learned. When you're in Hawaii, because they keep the fish there, oh, unless yeah. you pay extra for. If it's a good charter. Well, how many people are in your group? Oh, fuck, man. I got I got like 30 people in my group. I want That's 30 right. fillets. Oh, That's might right. Well give me the whole goddamn fish because I need them all because <laughs> I'm feeding a family. Exactly. But if you tell them, oh, there's just me and my wife. Oh, good. Here, here's a here's a couple pieces. Yeah. We're taking the rest, and we're going to sell it to the restaurant. Yeah, yeah I go out but there. For, it is I what, go out there for the stories. Like yeah, the I know, we just told but it was you. fun. It was a good time. <laughs> we, yeah. we had a great time doing that. Yeah. I have no... I, I, some of the best fun I had is going out on those fishing boats. and I was actually uh, out on, a, I, I came in from a, a fishing trip like that where I caught more tuna than I'd ever caught. And the very next morning was 9-11. Really? And I got in the shore just before that happened. Otherwise, mm. we'd have been stuck out there. Oh, you'd have oh, plenty to eat. By the way, speaking of uh, <laughs> yeah. events to do with America, uh, happy belated late Memorial Day yes, to everyone listening. Um, I believe our guest actually deserves a, a high five and a thanks. And For a, being a veteran, absolutely. More than a high five. Yeah. But, uh, I'm not dead he didn't yet. sincere he did, thanks. He didn't, uh, we don't celebrate him on Memorial Day. I know, I know, but still, recognition. Day. But I'm sure people he knew we celebrate on. Yeah, yeah I got a lot of, yeah, a lot of family members. And it's important to remember. It's mm-hmm. important to remember that it's not just a day for barbecue, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, fishing and barbecuing and uh, and things to talk about, what are we talking about today, Bull? Well, you know. This we, is your brainchild just, today. My brain. No. This is your brainchild. This no, is all on you. This is, this is your brain. <laughs> remember the old commercial, this is your brain, and then this, this is your is brain, your brain, brain on drugs. drugs. You don't remember? I do. Well, yes, I do. I do because I was a dare child. Were you a dare child? I was a dare child, which stood for. Don't remember. You don't remember? Not at all. Didn't work very well. Do all required. uh, (laughs) I don't. Do you remember what dare stood for? (laughs) A dare program? No. I have no idea. I'm a child of the seventies. Advertise. (laughs) Don't advertise racist emus. (laughs) There we go. That that fits in for today's. (laughs) Oh my god! But you know, so we were just talking about drugs are really exciting. (laughs) So we were. Oh, that that actually works. Drugs are really exciting. That's why Dare doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Nancy Reagan said, "Just don't say no." Don't yeah. do that dare thing. Uh, Don't let people dare sure you. Sure, Nancy and Ronald but, did do some so things. So we were out, we were out on the boat having that that wasabi and the in the uh, <clears throat> the fish and in I love wasabi because it's like uh, you know horseradish from, from you know real wasabi Japan. that stuff is yeah. it's. We oh, I don't think we probably have never really had real wasabi because it's well, always it's, like a I'm sure they tone it down hybrid right? of uh, <laughs> some other thing. You know they put the horseradish. Horseradish and make it green, and mm-hmm. they go, "Hey, this was." Well, I'm, blah, I'm blah, sure blah. it's different, and it's original. It's it's like kimchi here versus kimchi. Well, there's a place Korea, down there's know? a place down the street that Beowulf and I went to that actually does their wasabi blue, which is really? weird. Yeah, maybe real weird. It's probably more original. But the reason I bring that up, wasabi or kimchi or all these different flavors, is that 
there's there's something about certain spices, and I know you you Wolf are love really really spicy. I'm a spicy stuff. man. You're a spicy, I'm a spicy, spicy boy. Wolf, you like you like to tear apart small furry animals and put Tabasco on them first. Well, no, Tabasco's for sissies. For sissies, Sis, what Tabasco? Would be, what no, would be I do Carolina Reaper based Carolina hot Reaper. sauce. Like well, see, I've got. See, my point of all that is that these things are chemically altering. That's what they're about. What what was that show where they have celebrities on and they do the little taste tests for hot ones? Hot ones in in what is the scale? Skulls, Scoville unit, Scoville. Yeah. Units. So so all those things have to do with the the, the heat in something, but mm-hmm. those are all chemical based reactions to things. Yeah. Some people have more tolerance to them. Some people don't. Some bottom line is is what I'm talking about is is how we chemically alter mm-hmm. what we do on a kind of a daily basis with the foods we eat, with the things we drink, yeah. with and with today's subject, I thought we'd dive into a little bit about DMT. Drugs. Drugs. Good drugs. old drugs. Drugs are really exciting. Drugs are really exciting. Brought to you oh, yeah. by the government, funded by the FBI. Well, there, you know, it's funny because there's been a lot of uh, discussion, a lot of thoughts, and, and uh, even programs that you can watch on TV um, books out about this kind of thing. And DMT is a very unusual kind of hallucinogenic. Mm. Most people know of LSD and, you know, mushrooms, magic mushrooms and things like that. But DMT, which stands for, I'm not sure why they have the N in front of it. I'm not sure what that stands for exactly, but N-dimethyltryptamine. Uh, in medical speak, so as it were. So we'll call it DMT, which also, you know, on the, uh, in, on the streets or whatever, can be called Pantasia, Businessman's Trip, which I'm not quite <laughs> sure what that is or why that is, Businessman's Special, which I thought was at, oh, I'm not even going to say what I thought that was, 45-minute um, psychosis, which apparently it's, it's a brief kind of, mm. extremely brief but interesting high, and the spirit mo- or spiritual molecule, molecule. And there, there was a book that came out, oh gosh, um, you know, 20 years ago or something like that. Richard Stassman wrote The Spirit Molecule about this particular drug hmm. and how they were trying to determine if the body actually creates this or if it's done specifically from outside circumstantial, you know, the, the you know, plants and animals that have this chemical in them Hmm. that over the course of time people have used in one way or another we'll get into some of this in a little bit to accentuate or alter their reality which is one of our favorite subjects as you know wolf yeah you know what kind of reality are we in are we in a reality are we in a matrix or what the hell are we in struggle bus reality is what we're in right now so you got to ask yourself how do people answer these questions about these psychological philosophical well, they, ex- they experiment they, they, they yeah experiment. they they drug exactly themselves they they, in the most medically because, safe ways because drugs are really exciting yeah it's right? really it's a really yeah. oh god is calling us <laughs> <laughs> he's saying back off this subject because this is the spirit molecule yeah. it's not god <laughs> it's, not <God. laughs> it's mr likely uh, oh yeah scam likely very yeah. favorite Walker. he calls me he's more good. than anybody a day he's really good he, he is he's, i apologize he's to no oh us. don't Okay. okay, no, we get all this right now. They, yeah. that, who knows? Maybe spam likely is actually on DMT. Spam likely? Spam likely sounds like my. Uh, that sounds like my little cupboard over there with all my spam. <laughs> Which speaking of, so by the way, you brought up Hawaii. you brought up the spicy stuff. Okay, so there's this stuff that's called Baldock. This is totally off topic. Baldock. 
B no ball duck. So B A L D U K. Yeah, ball duck. Yeah, duck balls. Um, it's it's a ramen, and you get it from I want to say it's like South Korea, and I order it. And it's like Top Ramen. And there's one that I have in there that I kid you not will make your entire face numb. It's that hot. It's a good time. <laughs> so I have experience. Like I have a relative experience with so heat scale. How did you hear about this? Um, well, I that's mean, a what good question. Goes, goes Where does he go to this? He rips these things open and tests them. I, at the I just, that's I just a good want question. to understand. I really don't know where I got. I, I know exactly where you got. I, it. I might have you been watching the, the food shit video ever, and you yeah. want to try it. That's yeah, what it is. that's actually what it is. It might have been that. You know what? No, you know what it was, Jack. Is I was, I was reading about ramen in Southeast Asia because Bali and there's another country down there that does like super, super spicy ramen. They have a whole area that is known specifically for that. And I think I came across it while researching that. Um, it's actually really good, but also really, really spicy. And it, I know it's off topic, but it popped in my head. It isn't really off topic, though. That's kind yeah. of my point with all this. We had we had a conversation in podcast number 40 or something, on mm-hmm. aposematism, mm-hmm. right? Which is, which is how animals through a lot of different methods will make themselves unpalatable for other animals to eat. Yeah. Monarchs is a great example of that. Yeah. Right. They're monarch poison. butterflies? Yeah, monarch really? butterflies. One of the, in the, there's there's actually other butterflies that mimic the monarch on purpose so that certain birds will look at them and say, oh, that must be a monarch. Stay the hell away from it because they taste like shit. Like, you know, so, so a great example, if you get a chance, when you look over here, I've got two different, uh, two different, you know, I wish we butterflies caged. Um, and I don't know about those particular ones, but specifically with insects in the aposematism character, character character category, they'll make themselves look like uh, eyes, like or they'll make themselves, them. yeah. you know, look intimidating to a predator, so they right. can actually. Right, 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 right. So, so there's a lot of different types of aposematism, yeah. but for what we're talking about today, you know, poison fits into that because poison mm. is. I mean, almost anything can be poison. If you take too much of it, right? Yeah. I mean, you can overdose on sugar. Uh, well, <laughs> anybody with diabetes 2.0 or whatever it is. 2.0? Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to the first one. Is it, is it, the, is it type 2? Type, type 2, two? not diabetes 2.0. It I'm makes it sound like it's some sort of. <laughs> it's, it's a program. Well, it could uh, be a program. Downloaded a new diabetes. diabetes. <laughs> is actually a program in the Matrix. But, uh, well, isn't a lot of the... Uh, I remember as a young man hearing that a lot of the psychedelics were, they were basically a poison just diluted down. That's, mm-hmm. Well, that's what alcohol is, right? Yeah. I mean, it's well, the same thing. True. In one shape or another, all of these things are. So so I don't know why they term things psychedelic versus another, except that it's it's maybe there's a threshold that alters your perception more on one type of True. drug than another. True. But the DMT is a naturally occurring substance in the wild. That's one of the reasons it's had so much focus by the Strassman, well, Strassman guy. I would guess yeah. that they'd probably label it a cycle, psychedelic. God, psychedelic it's, because immediately you're going to experience those effects of reality art altering situations as opposed to, say, if I, if I decided to smoke a bowl, I'd have to smoke a lot of bowls in order to get to that stage of... DMT, right? Well, it depends. I probably your, never it would. Depends get there. on your your tolerance for something as well. well That's yeah, part of it. I'm yeah, sure. big time, yeah. big yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, I I'd have to say I totally agree with that yeah. because look at what they just they just discovered in the last couple of years. You know, after 420 in California, mm-hmm. um, uh, I remember reading an article about and through my own experience, <laughs> uh, edibles. Yeah, that are 
involved in chocolate. Mm. Chocolate. The cocoa. Uh, it's, it's the chocolate itself enhances the psychedelic effect of marijuana. Hmm, and I know sense. that I know that for a fact because I have gotten like brownies. Mm -hmm. You do a brownie, and you know the guy first first thing I ever got when I when someone introduced, me, hey, listen, man, don't eat the whole brownie. Just oh, take God. a little tiny bit. But they're and so see good. What it, well, it's just a, it's like because he's heard so many. You know, he's helped people out because it was before right, 420, right. and he had his card. And guys, hey, man, you got a card? Let can you give me a brownie or something like yeah i'll get it to you and the guy eat the whole brownie and oh then the God. guy's on the couch for like two days <laughs> so anyways i can speak from experience that the brownies have a way more psychedelic well, effect yeah. than, I mean, than like, like a gummy a lot, it's like a lot of drugs though i mean if you if you get a prescription from a doctor there's usually a list of things you don't want to take it with. Exactly, right? because it's going to change the dynamics well, that, of it. That also Correct. is based on how you ingest it, right? So as opposed Correct. to smoking compared to Correct ingesting. Well. So I've got an interesting story, and I'd love to hear if you guys have any interesting drug we stories. We have no stories whatsoever. But I have an interesting... Disclaimer, disclaimer. Yeah, I've got an interesting drug story in which... Uh, I decided to experience, experiment with some uh, some edibles. And um, note to listeners, if you ever decide to smoke um, good old marijuana all day and then watch a, uh, <laughs> a UFC fight at night, make sure not to visit the dispensary and impulsively buy some edibles because it'll just... It, you won't have any restraint or restriction whatsoever. Did you have to tap yourself out at the end of the night? Is it? No, yeah, the exactly. edibles tapped me out. No, I was tapped <laughs> out by the edibles. Had you in a head uh, so, arm bar. <laughs> so me and the uh, and I think we've mentioned him before, uh, Senior Salamander, mm -hmm. um, he, my best friend. He uh, he and I decided to just have a weekend. We decided to have a weekend. Watch, uh, I think it was Francis and Ganu and some other fighter. Was it Ganu or Guana? That was good. That was, that was, that was a really good one. Be careful. You insult him, he'll find you. Um, but he he was fighting somebody, and Francis Ngannou is this incredible fighter. Like he he could destroy probably any human being I've ever seen. Like he's just massive and just a really good fighter. And we were really excited for this fight. Um, and normally, you know, and this was like, this was like six years ago. Normally, we'd have on the weekends like 15, 20 people over. We'd you know order the fight, get a bunch of pizza and food, and have a big old party. This weekend, we didn't. It was just him and I. So we decided to wake up at like 9 a.m. And him and I are, you know, you know, we, we got breakfast burritos and we were hanging out and we decided to start smoking a little bit. Midday, um, we, I want to say it's like 3 o'clock and the fight was at 7. We decided to go to the dispensary because we ran out of uh, some things. Um, we got to the dispensary and we bought uh, a few different, you know, cartridges and stuff like that. And then uh, we saw these cookies. And, uh... I don't remember at that time what was on the bag, what it said, how much you know dosage there was. I had no idea. I just bought it because the bag looked cool, and I was like, oh, I've never tried it. Peanut butter cookie, I'm sure it's fine. Um, and I want to say the bag had like three cookies in it each. So it wasn't super expensive, and it was kind of an impulse buy on our end. So <clears throat> we ended up going home, getting some more Mexican food. Uh, have you guys ever had um, Autobata fries? No. I've never heard of that. Oh my god! I, so, I, I, what is autobata? It's like a, it's like a it's pork. Like pork. Yeah, right? it's like okay, it's like spicy okay. pork. And so, what they do with the fries is they put like, this spicy like red pork on top. They do a bunch of guacamole, like a bunch of like mm. it was from um, 
TJ's Tacos mm-hmm. in uh, Escondido. Um, bunch of pork, bunch of cilantro, just a bunch of great stuff. And it's like yay big. I mean, you eat the entire I thing. I remember eating everything, oh, but not the rest. Uh, the reason I remember eating everything is because I frequently ordered those. Oh, so gotcha. that's a, that was a regular order on my menu. I remember getting that. Um, and then we've got a bunch of other miscellaneous shit. And so we got back to the house, um, turned on the fight. And I remember watching like the first five minutes and Salamander looks at me and he's like, you, uh, you want to try one of those cookies? And I said, uh, I said, Oh yeah, sure. Fine. Yeah, totally fine. Um, so I tried one of the cookies and he tried one of the cookies and we were fine for like 45 minutes. Like everything was fine. It was Nothing was happening, so I want to say like one or two fights had gone by, and he looks at me and he says, "You want to have another one? Because I don't feel anything." Uh, so we Big ended time. up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I didn't know that. This is my first experience. And here's the thing: is he has such a high tolerance, he thought I'd be fine with it too. Um, so we ended up having another each, and I remember nothing for like yeah. the the rest of the evening. The one thing I remember is. I remember him leaving and saying, do you need me to stay? And I said, no, I'll be fine. And literally, I rolled back and forth on the bed um, all night. Like, I was in a, I was like, a, I was on one of the boats you guys went fishing on. Oh, God. Wow. It was great. And for five days, I felt the effects wow. of it. Um, and that's why I don't do marijuana anymore. Because well, I learned from the D.A.R.E. program, drugs Good. are really exciting. That's right. It was a really exciting time in my life. And I never want to experience it again. So that was good. You know, you mentioned uh, uh, the senior salamander. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I mentioned DMT was naturally occurring in yeah. different plants and animals. Well, yeah. get, guess which one of the animals is? Probably a salamander. Salamander, yeah. exactly. Well, he's our, he's our so local alien expert. he is the so. problem. Maybe no, he's not a problem. Actually, no, he's the he's, answer. He's the answer? Or he's the, he's the, is he, well, is he your single, drug? Is he your drug? Is don't, make, don't make this weird, okay? Obviously, oh, we, we know. We, uh, pants off Wolf. and feet, whatever it was. was feet first, pants off, okay? First of all, we... Uh, you already know he's the answer. And second of all, he's the resident alien expert that we will have on the, the podcast eventually. No, Salamander, if you're out there, I think you are an alien. Beep, Unless beep, you come Salamander. aboard with us and discuss Captain's the Love. finer points of... I would say UFOs, but they're called UAPs now, are yeah. they not? Unless we talk about UAPs properly. Unidentified aerial penises. <laughs> oh, my God. No, no that's, that reminds no me of, of that. Austin Powers. No one thought Oh, my yet. God. Johnson. <laughs> it's a big cock. <laughs> hey, just so you, listen, that whole thing with the, you know, brownies, and, uh-huh. you know, when people don't, when I went up to International Falls one time, and I've told you this story. We went up there, and I had and I had got brownies from someone you know. Uh-oh. Mm. And uh, hanging out, and I'm doing my thing, and I've already acclimated. You know, I've already done them. Mm-hmm. I've already been it. I've done them enough where I know where I'm at. Yeah. And this guy, oh, yeah, come on up to our cabin, blah, 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 beautiful lake. And he's like, hey, man, you you got some weed? And I go, oh, I got some brownies, man. You want to try some? And he goes, yeah, yeah, let me have some of that. And I go, well, I gave him this little tiny nugget. It was, just, <laughs> it was, it was as big as a fucking M&M, I swear to God. And he goes, what's this? And I go, well, just take that and see how it goes. You know, and, oh. and he was very impatient. You know, he was like, wow, you know. I'm not feeling anything. Well, just give it some time, dude. You know, you just got to be patient. Have yeah. you ever done them before? No, no, no. But and he was no, he was no princess. He 
earlier, I'd known this guy for a long time, and earlier on when we were younger, he was into coke and all that shit, mm. you know, LSD, and he had done, he was so no... he was no pr- novice. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. So he goes, give me some more. And I go, all right, well, I'll give you a little bit more. And I was like, give him another thing of it. And he's like, blah, 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 man, it's, it tastes good. Blah, blah. I can taste the weed. And I'm like, all right, well, let's go fishing. So we get in the boat, we get on the lake. That's the appropriate. Let's go on to a giant lake with nothing but water around exactly. us. So we get out on the lake, we're fishing, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like 45 minutes later now, and he's had time to ingest it. Oh, no. We're all sitting around, and I'm just cruising, man. I'm just having a great time. All of a sudden, hey, man, we got to get out of the boat. I go, what do you mean? We gotta get we gotta get back to shore. <laughs> I'm like, well, we gotta go back to your cabin. What's going on? No, 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 I gotta get. Just get me off the boat. So we drove. We were close to some guy he knew. We drove to the shore. He got out of the boat, and he disappeared. He left. He fucking walked away. So the guy that uh, owned the property came out, and fortunately, the other guy that I was with knew him. We're just hanging out, and I'm like, "Hey, man, where's where's he at?" And he goes, "We don't know." He just went on a walkabout. <laughs> he just disappeared. He just never off into the forest. <laughs> we never hey, saw him he again. He finally come back. We got back to his cabin, and we were leaving the next day to go further north to go fishing up in Minnesota, further up in uh, Rainy Lake. Mm-hmm. And uh, he never talked to me again. Never said he was pissed. <laughs> he was he was bummed out, and and I I was, was he like embarrassed or pissed. At I you? I have no idea. He never said anything about it after that. And he was like this jovial guy all the time. He's like, hey, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. You know that's that's one of the weird things with drugs in general, all, all kinds. Whether we're talking about alcohol or marijuana or DMT, or people people are affected in different ways. Well, I mean, I, it was like I, I, I poisoned him or something. And I was, I told him, ah, you know, you really don't want to do that much. And then I was, ah, bah, bah, give me some of that more. Give me some more. Well, I mean, you've always heard of people that are, you know, happy-go-lucky drunks or angry drunks. Or, and sometimes you got to wonder if it's part of their personality or something else sure. that's going on mm-hmm. or whatever. Sure. Or it's just disposition. Who knows what it is? But yeah. it's it's all, t- it, that's why I find this kind of thing so fan- so <clears throat> so interesting to me because, uh, you know, me, I, I've i never even had a gummy. Never had a, a brownie. None of that stuff. The bowl is brownies incredibly... I've, the brownies I've had, my mom made. Okay? Yeah. And it wasn't well, the kind you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, but, the bowl is incredibly straight edge. He's never, ever drank alcohol. Right, but but, what, but yeah, here's he's, the funny thing about bullshit. this. We're talking about this DMT <laughs> and the hallucinogenic aspects of this. And, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, if you think about it, it's DMT is a Schedule One controlled substance in the U.S., which means it's illegal to make buy, possess, or distribute, period. Now, the question cities, I have, by the way, is do you think that's ever going to change? Well, some cities are recently decriminalized. and you can DMT guess, specifically? You can go up into freaking Portland and do anything you freaking want. Oh, yeah, period. I forgot about Places that. Places like yeah. that. Um, but but it, it's still illegal under most well, state and federal well, law. Well, isn't, but. I mean, it's 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 just like LSD, mm. apparently, right? Well, it's, here's Very the thing. similar. These, these things have been very attractive to scientists because they're trying to figure out all the different uh, ways that, you know, that they can either cure or help people with certain ailments. And, right. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit, schizophrenia and things so, like that. But the question I have yeah. is uh, how, I don't know how long DMT has been around. Um, Forever. It's naturally occurring substance. But That's I mean, but I mean in the, the sense of like 
how people take it today. Is it yeah. fabricated yeah, in how, a lab well, or is it? No, I, I, I don't know the exact way they, they put it together, but the, the most common way people think of DMT is, um, and I always pronounce this wrong, if I can look it up here, I can hear the paper, ayahuasca. Okay, that, oh, that, so ayahuasca is DMT. That's the primary, that is the primary ingredient in ayahuasca. Well, the only reason Along I bring that, the only reason I bring that up is because it, I just find it to be very interesting. You know, Jack brings up LSD and I don't know exactly, and we probably could do an episode on, episode on that, but I don't know exactly what the origin point is, but I do know that LSD well, played a really important part natural. in MK Ultra, which was a FBI, CIA Correct. fabricated event where they drugged people into believe, uh, seeing where people would uh, go with their minds, well, look, per se, since, since with LSD. Since time began, people have been experimenting with all kinds of natural substances that have, in one shape or another, transported them somewhere. Hmm. And the whole idea is, are they being transported mentally in a way that, that broadens their ability to use, mm-hmm. use their mind? Or is it something else? Well, you and, know, and this, the, uh, we were talking about uh, Stassman earlier, yeah. the spirit molecule. Well, I, you know, he was, he was a scientist. He was studying, um, in, his earlier, in his earlier study, he was studying the pineal gland. Okay. And it, its potential biological locus for spiritual experiences, near-death experiences, birthing experiences, things like that. And he administrated, he administered several hundred doses of DMT to approximately sixty volunteers between five years between ninety and ninety-five. And he wrote about this research in his popular book, DMT: The Spirit Molecule, which is the title of this, or maybe the title of this, but and it sold a hundred thousand copies because people are interested in this stuff, you know. It's been translated into like twelve languages That's... and all this stuff. It, even even Netflix had a a um, um, I think two thousand eleven they came out. Warner Brothers came out with a, a Netflix thing specifically about the spirit. That's a that surprisingly small amount of sales for a book like that. I would imagine people would would buy that book. Uh, one, I mean, hundred thousand copies. So you got to remember, this was a scientific book. It may be yeah. called a spirit molecule, but it's a it's science oriented. Okay. Well, so, wait a minute. I mean, this stuff is uh, it's a South American brew. This ayahuasca is ayahuasca. Yeah, yeah and it's been and around it's, for a long time. Exactly, and it's. I mean, uh, what's that stuff? Uh, oh my God. There's a herb or something that they do southwest. Uh, oh, my oh peyote. God. Peyote. Yeah, yeah. Peyote. I would imagine yeah, it's along those lines. Now, I've done LSD. And I've done it a couple times, and it's it's a poison. I mean, it's well, it was see, never it was never crazy bad. But this and, is the this is the question, Jack, that I want to get at because you said it's a poison. Hmm. That tells me that your high was probably not real good with LSD. That's uh, my guess. Maybe, you know, maybe what? not. I'll but. be honest with you. The I've done it like twice, mm-hmm. and both times it was different. It was. It wasn't like a. Uh, 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 it was a whole different world mm-hmm. type of thing where you were just like, oh my god, you know, all these, all this shit. And listen, I'm not proud of some of the times oh, I did it. Yeah. The of the two, but um, it's one of those things where, you know, like the ayahuasca. It's it's a thing they do. In South America, it's, it's more a, of a spiritual experience. Exactly, and they're, you know, obviously 
it's a process to go through that and it's not like hey, you don't go down to uh, uh <clears throat> walgreens and go yeah man i want to get some ayahuasca i'm gonna go sit at home on saturday and do this thing right and right. figure out where yeah. i'm going you don't go to your you don't go to do chores exactly exactly <laughs> you know what i'm saying and when i when i did the lsd it was you know it was um it was like you just for that day you forgot you know you just yeah. didn't want to worry about whatever you were going to do that day it was well, just this whole thing whereas this ayahuasca stuff is it's part of this process where the, I would well, imagine see, that the villagers or the, the people and oh, whatever yeah. there, it's okay. It's your time. You're like a rite do. of passage. Exactly. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's well, a lot, but to see, that's the kind of thing I'm interested in and why I wanted to well, I got chat a, about this a little bit. I got a quick question for you, Jack, cause you said you've done it twice and you said it was different each time when you did it. Was it like a wake up, get together with some people, do it by itself nope. or did you have like some other I can quote tell unquote, you, poisons with that nope, mixing nope. with it? it was uh you know lsd was uh they sold it to you in a it was a, a tab. tab they right? call it a tab mm-hmm. and it was i remember it was a mickey mouse the one time <laughs> yeah it was just a really little, fuck up your life <laughs> that's all it is it's just a thing that was on this little stamp and it had a picture on it and i, I was in the i was in the marine corps okay and I was, it was 4th of July weekend, and I had, I know I couldn't go anywhere, and the day that I had off, I took it, and I sat and watched the Twilight Zone oh God. marathon oh God. Oh my God. for like seven hours, <laughs> and I sat in that barracks and watched it, and no one talked to me, and when I went in the bathroom and the tile started moving, I was like, oh. wow, this is just too much. That's that's what it, exactly what it was, and it was just this, you know. So, I watched a Twilight Zone my whole fucking life when I was a young kid, and I'd seen all the episodes, but these episodes seemed to be different. a little better, different, yeah, exactly. whatever. So, so there, there lies the he question just, I have with all of this because uh, he hears like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> this reality isn't real. <laughs> but no, it was just to everything. Aren't it they? just it yeah. just changed your. Uh, your perception right well it just it did something to your mind that and and it's you know it i didn't benefit from it at all except that it would entertain me apparently for that well certainly now how part of drugs is entertainment right? how did it feel the next day though were you like i was eh, totally fine eh, they wore off the end Mm. of the day came and i went to the chow hall and ate dinner and you know it was just like this this stretch of time where i just was so I was easily entertained by the Twilight Zone, hmm. which, you know, for a movie fanatic or some people, maybe that's easy for them all the time. But for me, I, you know, we all watch so many shows. And uh, this was in the 80s, too, hmm. you know. So there wasn't, we weren't so inundated with stuff, mm-hmm. uh, video and all that stuff. None of that shit was going on. Fucking MTV was just, they were in their infancy. Yeah. So... You know, and it it was just different. Hmm. And I did it one time after that, and I never did it again. Because it was just like, ah, you know, it was like, ah, mm-hmm. old hat. Yeah. I don't want to do it no more. I mean. Would you say the second time was worse than the first? It wasn't, it wasn't that it was worse. It was just less gratifying as far okay. as the, maybe just because of the situation I was in living in a barracks and. You know, my my family was somewhere else, mm-hmm. and 
I was new, I was young, and uh, the second time was all a big party, but but the next day, it wasn't like you had a hangover or anything. Mm. You just got up, went, yeah, well, new day, mm. no big deal, you know? Yeah, but, whenever I think of LSD, I always think of like the, because I've, I've, the most I've done is marijuana and alcohol. Don't, I mean, when I think of LSD, I think of like people like feeling like things crawling in their skin and stuff well, I, like that. I think it's like we talked about a little bit ago. It depends on who you are and what you're going through and all that kind of stuff. But the, yeah. the, the thing that gets me about this, this conversation is there's a line between recreation the entertainment recreation side yeah and, the, and that's and the, where i and was the at quote unquote mind expansion yeah so I, I was I, never i think that. that's where yeah excuse me these scientists get involved and they start studying this stuff and they say okay why do we have near-death experiences where does this stuff come from it's naturally occurring i believe it's coming from the pineal, uh, pineal gland and you, you dream some of the reason we dream the way we do it's supposedly because we release small amounts of DMT in our own system. Really? And they're, they're studying that right now. That's not proven by any hmm. stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But when there's naturally occurring substances, both in plants and animals, scientists start believing that. And they say, okay, if it's naturally occurring, why is it naturally occurring? What do we use it for? Hmm. What is the dream whole thing about? Is there more than one reality we're connecting to? All those kinds of questions become semi-answerable. You know, and then you look at the, the, the ayahuasca and yeah. the fact that people have been using that kind of stuff or something similar in different indigenous um, peoples all around the world, you ask yourself, why? What are they trying to connect with? Mm. Are they connecting with? And how do we figure that out? And that's why it becomes so interesting. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily know, and this is just opinion, I don't necessarily know if, obviously, it's this whole podcast, 100% of the time, we are right 60%, 60% of, the time, of the time. I got we are right. 60% yeah. of the time, we're right 100%. It's right? same, same difference. <laughs> anyway, um, I think that I don't necessarily know if like indigenous people were trying to connect with something else sure all were. the time. Well, this is just an observation. I don't know if it was well, all. Maybe the they time. were just entertaining. Yeah, themselves. I think because I mean, Netflix at that time. Well, because because here's the thing: is like, I would I would think that I mean you could probably say the same about you know cocaine or even naturally occurring tobacco. It gives you an, an experience and a feeling that you otherwise don't have. And back then, because those individuals didn't have the massive amounts of additives that we have and everything like the sugar and the saturated and trans fats, they, their body naturally probably processed those things a lot differently at the time than we do now. Maybe just, maybe. Well, no. Um, uh, Jack brought up well, you look at the, well, wait, well, Jack brought up I don't mean it, I don't mean specifically drug-wise. I mean it like food-wise. Like, so the food that we eat, the type of amounts of sugar that we have in our food did not exist at that time. Hey, anything so, we ingest one way or another, or, or we're affected by. Yeah, I yeah. mean, anybody that's been real hungry for a while and then starts to eat, has a release of endorphins. Well, I guess I guess my my point is that maybe 50, 60% of the United States if not more is probably heavily addicted to caffeine. Yeah. So, you remove caffeine from Me the too. diet, you remove the caffeine from the diet, go back 3, 400, 500,000, couple thousand years if not more, and you don't have that type of thing. You try something like peyote or you try something like uh, you know the um, cocaine or something like uh, I don't even know what the originating source of cocaine is or or tobacco, okay. but okay. You, you get that feeling that you wouldn't otherwise have anywhere else, not even remotely close. So I guess my point is just saying back then it was probably more of a we're bored and maybe it's religious, but no. probably I, I think it's the other way around. Probably I mean, maybe maybe not. Maybe it's a I, I tend to look at the ancient times as subsistence and survival. I agree. Uh, it depends when we're, we're in this bubble 
in our world today, not the whole world, but certainly the Western world. We're in this bubble where we can look at things and see them as, as experimental, as, as entertainment. And a lot mm. of parts of the world, and certainly in the times when, I mean, if you're around in a small village and your life expectancy is 25 years because the, the village next you know, down the way is going to either try to capture or kill you sure. or you're, you know, you've got to run around and try to find the local animal to kill before it kills you or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, depending on what part of the world you're in, you, you're in touch with your people. You're a collective. We've talked about this before in other co- podcasts about yeah. individualism versus collectivism. Sure. And I think at the time you were a collective. And if you read about the indigenous people of the United States, there were a lot of people trying to get in touch with their spirit animals. Yeah, sure. Wolf, I'm not ball, disagreeing with that. I'm, I'm saying that I think it's predicated off of where they were. Because during that same time, ancient Egypt, ancient Rome, they were obviously lavish enough and had Correct. lifestyle lavish enough to be able to do things recreationally. So my whole point is if you're looking at the indigenous of South America, you probably can't say that either because they also had multitudes of wealth that we haven't even really dived into historically yet because well, I think so much a of valid it is, point. It de- I think it's, it's, I think it's socioeconomic yet. more than it yeah. is anything else. And all I'm saying is that depending on your situation, if, if you're in a collective that's mm-hmm. trying to survive, then you're utilizing these things I don't think for escapism so much as, or entertainment so much as uh, part of your religion or yeah. part of your community in uh, some yeah, way. Yeah, I, I can see I, that. That's what I'm, that, you, you, that's the big, for me, I think as far as the indigenous people of the, you know, South America, North America, and when you talk about, you know, marijuana and mm-hmm. all these chemicals that they come up with, I think it was, sadly, it's just early form of, not a capitalism, but they discovered it. Somebody discovered it. Somebody Mm -hmm. figured it out. You know, they experimented, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, they, you know, people been around for a long time and somebody figured it out. They shared it with their people. You know, you know, it's like you look into some of these old um indigenous people and it's the shaman or the mm-hmm. the uh, medicine, medicine man, man mm-hmm. shared it with his kid or yeah. his relative hey listen man these plants are the ones that blah 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 and they're respected because mm-hmm. all they had to do is the leader of the clan you know at some point in time they said hey listen this is what we're going to do and he shared it with them and said you're going to take some of this and it wasn't dangerous for the guy but you know, it gave him this all of a sudden he had this feeling of power yeah he had this psychedelic experience and he was like wow the medicine man because because that guy didn't know anything about drugs it wasn't like he went down and got a newspaper you know what i mean you know the medicine man knew all this shit. yeah well here's the thing that i think because you make a good point like the person who discovered this shit and gave it as like you know proxy to the people he told eventually made its way to the medicine man my question and observation i always had is obviously this led in a lot of ways to some pretty atrocious atrocious decisions i'm sure it did Um, oh yeah but my question in relation to that is how much of the population at any given time was also experimenting this with this stuff regularly because say for example if ayahuasca was such an easily and readily available drug that everyone could use it all the time that would explain some of the decisions that at least in south america were made i don't think think it was i don't i agree i I agree i think it was it was it, it I, I really think people assume that 
what we have now, mm. you know, in the, in our, I, maybe not everybody, but I think in general, they assume that the access to information that we have now was what it was a, 500 years ago and it wasn't. no no not it wasn't yeah no there was just somebody that stumbled across something and they were smart enough look at magellan and people mm -hmm. like that you know they they just had this interest and they explored it and they figured something out and then all of a sudden they're the guy that knows enough and they experimented and they took a chance mm -hmm. you know it's like eating mushrooms you know you eat yeah. the bad mushroom you the die. first guy well I, I still though i guess my my question is because you're you're probably right it was probably restricted to some extent with that being said though i think that's all predicated on who we're talking about if we're talking about native americans you know native american indians or native indigenous gotta be careful with what i say um obviously if you're in a small group of people who has access to some level of ayahuasca you're going to be using that pretty regularly. I think the shaman will be using it. I think the shaman will probably be using it all the time, I frankly. It, I think um, it goes back to what we talked about a little bit ago. What well, what was the usage for? Well, because I, I it's, no, the, I think it's chemical. I can see your point. Because for, if it's ayahuasca, is it is it addictive? Is there an addictive nature to it? I doubt it. I don't know. I'm pretty, I do not know, but I, I, I don't I think don't so. Think I think any natural, it, I, I want to say that, and I could be way off, but I think in general, anything that's natural is less addictive. Mm. And it, I, I think maybe, it, but I, I agree and disagree. I think that there's an addictive nature to anything that you decide connects with you. True, but you know, it, in so, those days, there were not a lot of addictive kind of shit. Well, I'm sure there were coffee. I view this, and I'm coffee may, I may of course. way off hey, on yeah. this, but. I, I view a lot of these things as you use the word restricted. I don't know if that's the proper word or not, but I, I would say it was the understanding of how to mix the right elements, the right uh, plants to come up with True. this ayahuasca like shaman well, escape and find your yeah. power animal kind of, it was probably understood by a few. Well, but here's yeah. the, I guess I, you're right there. My, my question is like, okay, well, say, for example, you're the shaman, right? Or I'm the shaman. We're all shaman. We're all here together in this old, you know, thousands of years ago. We're, we're obviously in a very high-level power position. People believe that we know something others don't. That? Exactly. So That's one of the if things. you can make the ayahuasca and you give it to the people, not in large quantities, but enough to be influenced... I think that makes I sense. Think you it out. I think what you do, though, if you're in a position of power, one of the reasons you're in a position of power is why? Because well, you, you have the information. Yeah. You know how to you do this. You know how to use it. No, I'm not saying, yeah, of course, but I'm just saying I would think that if I was that person, I would say, okay, well, obviously I can't streamline this like a capitalistic country would because capitalism right. didn't exist back then, but I probably could make enough of it if it's easy to make and give it to enough people to influence them. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I think it's that's... It's an interesting point of view. That I, could I, be a thing. I tend to think in a different direction on it. But because I, I think that what we're talking about here is going back to the ayahuasca and DMT and the, the ingredients of the, it, you're, you're talking about something that's got a different uh, threshold mm -hmm. of, of ability within the human body. Sure. It, it's, it's mind altering in a way that, you know, you think about it this way. If you've, if you've had too much alcohol, it's you go blurry. Yeah. Right. It's not like you're suddenly expanding your mind you're really shutting it down mm -hmm. you're going the wrong right. the opposite way right, right but when you're talking about some of these other things that we're talking about oh, it's like it's, it's like a new adventure many? they 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 talk about some of the effects of this psychoactive stuff like dmt on people and they have feelings of like traveling at warp speed in mm. tunnels of light see how would you like how that. would you be able to see that's that's where i kind of lose 
that's where it loses me a little bit. Because how would one know the experience of traveling at warp speed had having never done that? And, you know what I'm and saying? And not even knowing about it. Yeah, yeah. You right? watch a lot of Star I agree Trek. to that. Well, it's that's interesting. That's the thing, you know. I mean, I think it's it. It's like a. It's like dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, um, how can you dream something? Then again, if you've never experienced something and you dream something that's totally bizarre, mm-hmm. that is, you know. So, so the let me stop you for a second because the logical side of me, right, the one that says everything has to be vector analysis, got to be points of data that you put together. <laughs> da, da. I mean, that's how I do, do, do robot. <laughs> I have one zero danger, one zero danger. Will Robinson. <laughs> no, I mean the, the way I think about these things says okay, the dream you're just talking about this wild and. Is it's just nuts. It's pieces of things you know or mm-hmm. you've heard or whatever that are being coupled together in a way that turns into something new. It's like throwing paint, Jackson Pollock painting. You just throw it at a right, wall. Right, right. He just right. yeah. So, he just and then, you, the then you look at it and you go, oh, that's an eagle. You know? Yeah. Or or is it the pineal gland mm. putting out some DMT in your system and expanding your capability of thought? Yeah, well, uh, your normal mm, conscious state. No, That's see, see this is where this is at. where it loses me because this specific. Now, I'm not saying you're wrong or they're wrong, but that's I'm saying I'm never wrong. No, I'm saying that's true. Sixty um, percent of the time, I, I'm, I'm saying there's this very very common thing that I've heard, or, or I'm just gonna flip to the next page. Um, that is been said on a lot of different podcasts. That's been said by a lot of very motivational speakers. That says we only use ten percent of the capacity of our brain. True. I'm not, it's not saying true that. at all. So that's where I kind of get lost here because yeah, i see, see you would know it's true if you were using more than 10 percent. Oh, thank you thanks so much that was very nice of you to say <laughs> um I, I guess i i get your point like i see what you're saying and i think there's merit to discovering and looking into dmt and all this stuff but i do think that it's kind of been hijacked by some of the see, guru I, population i think, I think the just thing, a little bit i think the thing that that connects a lot of this stuff <clears throat> together is that everything that is possible everything that's ever been thought of everything mm-hmm. that's ever been dreamed about everything that's that's beyond even what we're capable of calculating today is already happened exactly is happening and is part of our universe as a whole and so so what people do when they look at this stuff is they go is this just simply a way of rebalancing some internal chemistry or is it something more and that's why people are looking into it so so much because I've heard like I've heard on like Joe Rogan's podcast because he's a big <laughs> he's a big yes, fan of DMT. Yeah, um, I've heard him talk about how people have out of out of body experiences and they feel like they've traveled through time and stuff like that. And I guess my whole question, to all of that, is like, okay, well, where do we draw the line between someone's relative subjective experience to pseudoscience, right? Because because the, there's a whole level of like, okay, okay, let's, let's there's jump a whole into level that for there. Just a second, define time for me. It's a total construct created by, by humanity. Us. Yeah, but by that doesn't. Us. But wait, but wait a sec. I'm not saying I. I get your point here, but I'm not. I'm not saying that. That's not something that people can experience. I'm saying that based off of your it's the definition, only reason people experience well, that, anything. Yes. So based off your definition of dreams, being able to see something in the past, something you experience. If that's truly what dreams are, because we don't know, it's kind of a spotty science area. If that's truly what dreams are. Then you'd have to say when someone says, you know, I felt like I was traveling through time with DMT or ayahuasca or LSD, they're projecting something that they've experienced previously in their life, not something that's brand new to them. That's what I would think. Exactly. Well, if everything you know? that's ever happened 
and ever used to happen or ever will happen or ever is happening right now is already happening. Yeah, time's a circle. It's it's a big <laughs> mess. It's a big freaking mess circle. because drugs are really exciting. Yeah, you know, and dare. I How I, I know you, we're going off in a wild direction well, here, just, but this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, but the t- dreams and all that stuff. How many dreams have you had? Where I mean. I've I've had some pretty. Are you gonna have a confession? What are right they now? lucid? What do they call them? Lucid, lucid dreams? dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're just like you, you literally want to reach up and touch the money because mm-hmm. you know got a million dollars or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's all about stuff that's already going on. Mm-hmm. It's having the dream about you know how many guys wake up. I don't know, there's a sh- I remember watching a movie where a guy would keep a notebook by his damn bedside mm-hmm. yeah. because he'd have a dream because uh, we that all Memento? do it. Was that Memento? No. no. Well, I don't he think... did that too, but that's because he couldn't remember shit. That was a funny movie. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, you know, I mean, how many dreams have you had where you're like, uh, you you got this new idea about something? It's No, it's just you're relieving. You, it's something in your head that mm-hmm. you're you're trying to sort out. Yeah. in my mind, very that's, possible. Well, see, that's that's where I lie with this because I because I, I I think that I don't think I've ever and obviously this is subjective. Not that it doesn't take away from the creativity. Yeah, where when you're doing stuff like that, because I know we have set, we have been in that position where it's like, holy shit, man, we need to record what we're talking about yeah. because you have these crazy ideas about stuff and. That's, and I, I guess, you know, we never did it, so we couldn't so, relive it, but. Well, I guess my point is I, I just, I just don't think I've ever had a dream where I've woken up and been like, I've never experienced anything that I dreamt about there in a second ago. Like there was everything I saw was something totally foreign to me. I saw images that I've never seen before. I couldn't have pulled from somewhere. You know what I'm saying? So like, well, I've heard a lot of stories. That's why I say. It, no, it but that very the, well be that this is just a collection of pieces yeah. of things that we've heard and done and seen. But there's there's a there's a, a disconnect because part of part of the dreaming or mm. part of the high or part of the psychoactive uh, experience for some people is an understanding of something larger. Right. It's 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 a and so so when you think about that later, you think why is that? Couldn't is, you? Couldn't you say that though that humans have naturally done that throughout all of humanity, without the effects of drugs? I mean, because well, you don't need drugs for any of this. Yeah, this is this is changing your body chemistry. Forget the drugs for a second. It, talking about indigenous people, mm. there used to be a rite of passage in some sure uh, cultures where you would have to endure a certain amount of physical pain mm-hmm. over a period of time, and the reason you did that was not to prove that you could put up with pain. It was to change your body chemistry so that you started seeing things that's mm. why they did it you read the read the stuff about it it's it's mm. crazy uh, but but it's the same thing it's changing the body chemistry in a way that releases uh endorphin <coughs> excuse me releases endorphins and all the other chemicals that the brain puts out dopamine etc to influence what you're thinking or who you th- believe you can be or who you think you are or who you're connected with to the world around you Hmm. And that, uh, I get that. that yeah. That's exactly right. It's like you're it, it, doing it. The pain part about it was if you do the psycho, you know, the DMT or whatever, you know, some medicine man gives you is to try and get you to think in a different way so that 
I don't know. It, yeah, but but here's the, the I guess the question because I, I think that makes sense from our perspective looking backwards. But as someone who had just discovered, you know, cocaine or taba- tobacco, or marijuana or, or DMT or any other psychoactive drug, I don't think that would have been the perspective of that time because psychology and the study of the brain didn't exist back then to the people alive. They would just do something to say, okay, well, I found this drug and I'm the shaman. So I'm going to take this drug and it's going to allow me to see different things. And because, mystical. Yeah, but I don't think that it was, I don't necessarily think it may have had points of like getting to change the body or maybe change perspective. But I do think a lot of it, and maybe this is just because I look at history from a very boring lens sometimes. I do think a lot of it was because people were bored. I do think that was a lot of it, and not to say it was bad, but damn, I gotta go and what else grind do you have to do? You gotta, you gotta. Well, well, here's the thing: is you you said yourself, you have to. Humans were trying to survive, right? Mm-hmm. So you're running away from animals. You've got no real recreational activities outside of playing with rocks, having intercourse with somebody, or in some instances, not consensual intercourse, um, and and you know, fending off other tribes. What are you gonna do in your spare time? You're gonna eat, you're gonna sleep, and you're gonna do drugs. Well, I mean, there could be a component of that, uh, certainly. Uh, there could be. I just think it but morphed you, over time. You, you know, you know me well enough to know that I think everything comes down to data points, right? Yeah, everything can be broken down to a smaller and smaller increment and, and solved from a scientific point of view. And sure. I think this is no different. But that 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 there's a wall that's mm. buttressed up against that because it's purely pragmatics purely logical to think that way but we're humans we're individuals we have more going on with us that doesn't it that isn't answered by data points that there's something else and we can use all kinds of terminology to talk about that but when i look at this type of thing like ayahuasca and the dmt and all the and whether it's coming from naturally from our own pineal gland or whether we get it from a tropical fish or a salamander or these different plants mixed together all this stuff tends to make me believe that there is there is something that maybe we never can understand but these are our bridges to try to start to figure that out as human beings Maybe. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think that it's definitely something, you know, to look into. I know that we, you know, we were talking about the fire salamander. Um, I mean, obviously there's some other animals that contain DMT that we could touch on. Yeah, it's, there's uh, hallucinogenic fish, as a matter of fact. Matter of fact, I think that one that everybody talks about that's that's highly poisonous, it's a lionfish, I think. Lionfish, yeah. I, I believe that's the one, but they're... They're smoking lionfish? Really? <laughs> this is, just, is that, is that, is that <laughs> where we're headed? <laughs> they pull it out of the water. You, know, you got to get, get it out of the water and dry it out oh first. Otherwise, God. they don't light very well. Yeah. They, they're but, great eating. That's for sure. I know you that. you ever had one of those? Yeah, man? they're awesome, man. Well, I mean, sea sponges hmm. actually have yeah. an analogous chemical to this as well. How does so that? tree frogs, certain tree frogs. Yeah, I, the I, ones I that think, don't kill you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, as as I think Jack said at the very beginning, these are types of poison. All of them. Yeah, are, right? it's all it's all a poison. It's it, it, you know, most of the stuff that that was natural that like the indigenous people and Native Americans, it was all ceremonial stuff. So it wasn't like they it wasn't like this whole thing where. They did it every well, I week. I don't know. It was, I don't know it, was one, it was a big deal. I, I think there were probably levels. 
you know, I, because I, you talk, you've, you've heard him talk about peace pipes and stuff. Well, all the, time. the reason, the reason I think that, because here's the thing is, I do think it has ceremonial purpose. Yeah. I, I, just my speculation is, look at look at cacao, right? Look at chocolate, right? It was probably just as rare as some level of of drugs at that time, just as hard to make. Yet, you know, when the settlers came over from Europe, they were making it all over the place. Same with gold. I mean. I think it just depends on how much we get to know about these certain, you know, indigenous people, frankly, because I think our perspective from at least the first world pseudo-European perspective might be pretty incorrect in a lot of ways. Well, look at coffee. Well, yeah, it was it was abused almost by of, the people. A that lot had of it. a lot of they, I, I, I there's a guy over in Escondido that uh, he was telling me, you know, more wars were fought over coffee than Salt. anything else. Mm-hmm. So I don't coffee know. Coffee and salt. 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 Coffee was probably used as I haven't looked it up, but I know salt at one time was currency. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was coffee the, uh, was I think probably coffee. coffee too. What was the name of that uh not the Silk Road or was it the Silk No, East India East India Trading Company was a big part of the this huge. Huge. Yeah. Um I, I guess my whole point is I just think that knowing humans today and how crazy we are about abusing the things that we enjoy today, I have to imagine that tendency existed back then well, albeit just at a less manufactured right. state you, right? i agree with that you know very well maybe true i mean i you know all all i do is i look back at those times and i think they're so different than they are today but then i gotta peel that back and say yeah but people are people you know yeah downtime means let's figure out i mean a way to we'll look at what look are we gonna do to you know, fuck exactly. off yeah exactly exactly no let's go ride down the river let's and have a, a beer brownie and go well, out look at look lake. at yeah exactly i mean look at look cigarette usage prior to the marketing campaign to get rid of it that was government staged um my, my whole my whole point is i just think that maybe if they had the ability to make it easily they were probably using it to Using the fuck out of it, I would think yeah. that that would be the case. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it would explain I, a lot of shit. It would explain a lot of some of the fucked up shit people hey, did. Well, I think people can make some fucked up decisions no matter whether they're on ayahuasca or not. Yeah, less likely. The interesting though. thing nowadays, going back to the pragmatic side of things, is that uh, there's a lot of studies going on about the, these ancient brews and how mm-hmm. they're put together with these different plants and they're extracted and filtered down and condensed in a way that they can be used because they the, the this has dmt and M- maois in it which is maois stops the body from metabolizing dmt in a way hmm. but maois are also and i can't remember what MOIs stand for i probably have it written down here but in any event they're they're a part of a lot of um psychotropic drugs to help people with depression so what's happening right now is that that some of these things we're talking about are being studied in a way that isn't shaman oriented isn't looking for the next reality isn't you know the next marvel comic strip it's it's about uh, how do we how do we challenge ourselves to to combat ptsd and and oh, you know and yeah. and mm-hmm. psychological problems that people have like schizophrenia and things like that how do we utilize these psychotropic and psychoactive drugs to help people you, you know what's interesting is i can see and this is just the critic of me coming out but i can see the uh, industries that be abusing the shit out of that well, is that where it all goes yeah. in our, our society these days? Well, because here's the thing. Is I, mean, I know that we're probably the most medicated we have ever been in human hugely, history. Big um, time. Usually. And if they were to figure out... Because I've, I've heard psychotropics in passing, and I know there's a whole litany of companies ad infinitum that probably create this shit and say, oh, boost your testosterone, <laughs> raises your T levels, bro. Um, or like, <laughs> you know, makes you stronger, all that shit. Um, but I, I'm really skeptical of what the actual 
study controlled experiment effects of these things are because that takes a long time and i feel like it does and i dmt is one of those things where it's like it would probably it'll probably be legal at least in i think maybe in our lifetime i would think so uh, outside of portland um but because everything go anything goes in portland um anything at all maybe that Um, maybe now we know why some of those decisions were made there maybe well i just i just see it as like a very slippery slope not to like it totally is well yeah but i don't want to make the drug argument of like uh, entry-level drug i'm just saying i just see it as like a well dmt will solve all your problems that goes back to something jack chiguru was talking about Mm. at the very beginning here people people can get addicted to freaking anything yeah Yeah. and there are people look at alcohol yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jesus, growing up back east, you know, when before China was involved and they had, you know, they started shipping uh, jobs overseas in all these little towns. I grew up in one, you know, there was all the factories and stuff and people go to work every day mm-hmm. and after work to the bar, Yeah, to the bar. I, I remember you know, being, there was a bar every other block on the main road. You could walk home, you know, and that was their, that was the, what they needed after they worked all day. And they probably didn't do it every downtime. day, but that's to Wolf's point. That's downtime. how they got away from things. Exactly. Yeah. And you can't tell me that. I mean, if, I mean, just break it down. If, if we, if fucking the world just went tits up and, Whoever was surviving, their life would involve shelter and food and occupying their dead time. Unless their whole time was finding food, well, guess what? They wouldn't have any dead time. But when they started to get settled in, hey, what are we going to do now? We got a stockpile of food. Well, let's fuck off a little bit well, and let's I mean, let's medicate ourselves mm-hmm. or whatever they're going to do. Not everybody, yeah, but beer, a lot of people. Beer and wine are some of the oldest things ever exactly. found. Well, and everyone was everybody kid from kids to everyone. adults were hey, drinking man, that shit. The like IPAs on the on the Mayflower or whatever, you know, they yeah. they made it because it would last, and it mm-hmm. the byproduct was well, it would one sedate of the, people. You know, one of the things people never think about with that is. You know, all this traveling was going on to these different places, and you couldn't drink the freaking water. No, no you, you need to process it. That's, you know the way that's people why process they did it? Tea, wine, and tea, beer. Mm-hmm. They would boil the water, and the water was nasty, so they put coffee in it yep. to Something make it to flavor taste. it up. Now it had caffeine in it, so they mm-hmm. get a little ooh. Yeah, and then they'd make the beer, mm-hmm. uh, the IPA, because it would last forever, and and wine the same thing. You know, it, these are things that kept. And and the byproduct was, hey, guess what? We're gonna get a little jacked up while we're drinking. I'd have to imagine that people's tolerance before we started tracking this, because for some reason we believe that we should do that. Um, I have to imagine people's usage and tolerance of drugs was through the roof prior to where we are now. I think well, the difference comes think so. down to what you were talking I, about I a little earlier, though. Too. I think the drugs nowadays are so designer and they're so specific with types of ingredients that it. it it can really screw with people. Well, they're they're. I, I think you're you're right about that. They're definitely probably more you know condensed or more effective. But I do uh, think the usage is probably yeah. off the charts. You know, my my whole thing is because I know ayahuasca is pretty pretty simple to make. So I guess my whole question I'd love to know eventually is how readily available stuff like DMT, even if if it didn't exist back, probably didn't exist back then. But if it did, um, how readily available it was. I just find that fascinating. Wow. Yeah. Either way, it's, you know, our whole society is just surrounded by all these things going on. And there's 
there's a lot of people that don't do anything mm-hmm. and that's great you know they they got it figured out and their mentality is they can do that honestly i love coming home after a long day and having a couple beers or one yeah. or whatever sometimes i'm come home and it's like let's eat dinner i'm going to bed because yeah. i'm done i'm just done and uh when you want to go have fun just depends on what's going on and as long as you can keep in that realm you know that's where you're at but some people their realm is hey man i'm heading right to the bar mm-hmm. or i'm i need to go right, down to the right. dispensary and get whatever i gotta get so, and if they come out with some other chemical that could be a thing so i was uh i was telling you earlier that i've never done right any of this shit he lied oh i'm not lying <laughs> at all but but <laughs> I've had enough pain in my life to make it happen. And I, I got to tell you this, this quick story. I was, I uh, lived back east in one of those small towns you were talking about, Jack. And I, uh, I was uh, driving in my little Isuzu pickup truck, diesel Isuzu pickup truck, with a trailer attached to it, everything I freaking owned, from a winter in Michigan out to Arizona. And I drove straight through. You know, some Mountain Dew, some bologna sandwiches, some some diet bag, of champions. Of, oh, it was terrible. <laughs> I, 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 the whole thing was an odyssey. It was like sure. freaking. I, I was bet. I was freaking Odysseus, and Homer was writing my story on the way out to Arizona. <laughs> but uh, I'll never forget though, because I had a DMT experience. That's why I believe that it's naturally made in our own bodies. Because I was I was, was coming down Dew. coming down from. <laughs> I think it was Holbrook or Sholo or somewhere down toward where my folks lived. And I was driving that pickup truck, a trailer behind me, middle of the night, and I started seeing shit. I mean, ghosts were jumping out at me. I wasn't tired, I thought. Maybe I was already asleep. I don't even know. But I was seeing beings. I was seeing lights in the sky. I was seeing things in the forest. Things were all over the road. I was like, oh. And I'll never forget pulling up to their place. And it was on a little hill. And I was trying to back the, the trailer up, which if you've never backed a trailer up, you got to learn how before you back a trailer up. I know you know how. No and I idea. learned. But I'll never forget because my dad was out there. It was like 2 in the morning. He's go- and I'm like, Dad, the trailer's tipping over. The trailer's tipping over. Oh, my God. I was just absolutely freaking out about this thing. And obviously I made it. I'm still here. But as far as uh, you know, as far as I know, or am I here or was I here or <laughs> are we, am I here? Again? Are any of us really here? Or are we all here at the same time place? And th- th- my whole point is, is that we in a million different ways can change how we feel at the moment with self-reflection, with internal, uh, I don't know, willpower and all those kinds of things that we could talk about at the end of the day, or we can use ex- extra sensory things circumstantial things, drugs, pain, whatever the case may be, to change how our body chemistry is. Mm. And that's, that's. I don't know where that leads us. I really don't. I, but I think the, it leads us to a place we're not right now. No. Yeah. And that's what I'm interested well, in. Well, I think personal fortitude and, you know, I've done those long trips where I've driven for 18, 20 hours. After driving a couple days you know, a day before and doing a 18 hour day or a 16 hour day, taking a six hour break, get up and then drive like 18 more hours Mm -hmm. and you're eating sunflower seeds and drink coffee. And it's like, how do you keep going? 
how does your body allow you to do that? Yet, when I used to work at night, eight hours in, I'd be like, there's a little man on my shoulder going, dude, you need to go to sleep now. And it's <laughs> exactly. brutal. And it's not the same psychology because you're working a job. You're not trying to get somewhere. Yeah. When when you're on a mission to go somewhere or get somewhere, personally, that was a big difference. There was no way when I was working driving tractor trailers, if you had to drive that long, man, I would pull over because it was right. like I was getting paid by the hour and I had no there was no mission. Mm. It was just, so I mean, the mission a, was to get where I was going, but it was for someone else. It wasn't for me. Yeah. So as we've said in many, many podcasts in the past, you've got to have purpose. Exactly. And as the federal government said a long, long time ago when I was a wee little wolf pub, drugs are really, really exciting. Hey, everyone. This is The Wolf Speaking, wrapping up yet another episode of The Wolf and Bull Podcast. We appreciate you spending your time with us, and we can't wait for you to hear our next episode. If you like what you heard, tell your friends and family, your neighbors, the local bartender, your doctor, your boss, and hell, you can even tell us. By leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you can directly help build the Wolf and Bull cult. I mean, uh, the Wolf and Bull family. We can be found on most major podcasting platforms and social media. So what are you waiting for? Scoot on out of here and enjoy your day. But you should probably leave us a review first. But make sure to enjoy your day. But don't forget to leave us a review. Okay, bye.